welcome to a Writer's Life Podcast with your host, Dana Wayne. If you've ever wondered how a writer's brain works, this is the podcast for you. Now, sit back and relax as she shares the successes and challenges of her journey from writer wannabe to award-winning romance author. Now, here's your host, Dana Wayne. Well, hello again, and welcome to the first podcast of the new year. It is so hard to believe a whole year has gone by, and what a crappy year that was. But we're not going to focus on the past. We're going to look forward to a wonderful 2021, and that's me being very positive and optimistic. Thank you so much for being here today. I'm delighted to have you drop by and and take a listen. I hope you learned something new or perhaps find some inspiration or entertainment in today's show. Today we're talking about how much is too much, adding love scenes or steam to your work. If your current work in progress has any type of romance involved, you might want to turn up the heat at some point. If so, I think it's important to note a few things about doing that. First of all, writers have a lot of questions to answer for themselves before they begin that journey to published author. What genre do I write in? What time frame will it be set? What point of view will I use? Who is my target audience? The list is way too long to go into here, but you get the idea. And of the list of questions, several stand out in my mind as being pretty dang important. First one is being, what is your comfort level? What is your genre? Who is your target audience? And will you go traditional or independent publishing? All of these questions impact the requirements or expectations, if you will, on what and how you write your story, as well as the heat level it contains. And by the way, heat or steam levels refer to the intensity of the sexual interaction between the two main characters. We'll talk a little bit about that a little later. As a reader and an author, I'm picky about the heat level because for me, too much is just that, too much. In fact, I read a book this week and that's what sparked this whole train of thought. The author is a New York Times USA Today best-selling author. I've never read her work before, but when I was in the bookstore looking for something new, I picked up one of her books. The back copy was interesting. The cover was, it was okay. Uh, the first page hooked me. So I bought it. The first third of the book was really, really good. Great characters, great storyline, enough twists to make you keep turning pages, and several interesting secondary characters. But all of a sudden, the switch flipped. It was almost like, I don't know, a Jekyll and Hyde kind of thing. It went from a very strong, well-written story to a Fifty Shades wannabe. At least that's how I saw it. That promising storyline got totally and completely lost in the subsequent pages. I mean, it was like two different people were writing it. One worked on this terrific storyline for three or four pages, and then the other one jumps up and says, hey, move out of the way. They need to get it on. Uh, No, they don't. I got past the first couple of scenes, but after that, I skipped over them because they were simply too much, too often, and did absolutely nothing for the story. As a caveat to that, I had no idea the book would have that much detail in it and coarse language. 
As a reader, I was shocked by it, and that is the last thing you want to happen. Your readers need to know what to expect from you up front. No surprises. So, how do you decide how much steam to put in your book? For me, the short answer is, I don't know. At least not at first. Just like people are different, my characters are different, and so are yours. What works with one character or storyline doesn't necessarily work with another. And I won't know exactly how much steam I'm going to add until I do it. And as the characters grow and change, that level of heat may change as well. But I do have a line I don't cross, and my readers know that. And I won't do something to shock or disappoint them. Another consideration is the genre and the subgenre that you write on. I think somebody told me that there are like, I don't know, seven or eight romance genres, and under each of those genres are a ton of subgenres. There's like contemporary, uh, historical, regency, inspirational, spiritual, romantic suspense, erotic, and YA romance. So you have to know where your story fits, which uh, genre and which subgenre, easy for me to say. Now for me, I write steamy, contemporary, and romantic suspense. So there's a lot of leeway in the heat department. But if I'm writing a Christian romance or maybe even a young adult romance, then the rules are totally different. Make sure you know what the expectations or requirements are for the genre and the subgenre that you're writing in because that has a lot to do with how far you can take that heat level. I came across this meme several years ago and it's about the five levels of heat in a romance novel. At that time I was trying to decide where my book fit and this helped me a lot. And I'm a four by the way. Level one is clean. No swearing, no on-page steam, everything happens behind closed doors. And level two is considered sweet. May have some mild swearing, some light sensual scenes, nothing graphic, door remains closed. We know something's happening, but we imagine the details. Think PG-13. Middle of the road, just that. Some details, maybe some light profanity. Most of it is left to the imagination. I think this would be what, I think we used to have something called in the in this, uh, movie ratings, it was like a, a R-17 or something like that. Okay, the next is level four. Steamy, on-page scenes and language, open door, think R-rated. Level five is explicit and graphic. Now, don't confuse erotic romance with erotica. Those are two totally different genres. Because I'm a pantser, and I've talked about this before, I don't outline or plot, I just write. I typically start with very general, sometimes even vague information about the story and the characters. As the story develops, the characters do too. Consequently, something I had in mind earlier in the story may not work later on. Or maybe it works but needs tweaking. For that reason, how much heat I add, when I add it, and how often is totally and completely dependent upon the characters and their story. They will essentially tell me when the time is right. 
Another thing to think about when you're adding steam to your work, and probably the biggest thing, is what is your comfort level? If you get embarrassed writing something, or if you think you will be embarrassed when someone you know reads it, maybe you need to rethink the heat level you're considering. And how many encounters are you going to include? How much detail? This, again, comes back to your comfort level and your storyline and your characters. Now, generally speaking, I only have one or two descriptive or semi-descriptive love scenes in my books, and they typically occur towards the end. Now, personally, I believe romance is about emotion, not sex, and the journey is more important than the destination. Build the sexual tension between your characters. Define and then develop them to the point that when that destination is reached, the timing is right, the heat level is right, and the outcome works for the story. This is a short excerpt from Whispers on the Wind. The sexual tension between the two main characters, Cooper Delaney and Samantha Fowler, started with their very first meeting, and neither was happy about it. But they couldn't ignore each other since they were both living in the same bed and breakfast. So they snipped and argued and finally had to admit that there was something there. But neither one of them wanted a relationship. Coop, the male, suggested they just be friends, you know, get to know each other, go on a real date. He's been investigating two murders, too, so he has a lot of stress in his life to boot. Anyway, they decide to go the friends route. I guess you could call this scene the moment of truth for them. Well, Sam takes the first step. In this scene, she's made the decision to cross that invisible line, but isn't completely sure she made the right decision. A myriad of thoughts congested Sam's mind as she drove home. Never one to deceive herself, she reasoned this thing between them may be nothing more than physical need, which could really prove disastrous. But her heart believed otherwise. The last few days spent getting to know each other reinforced her belief that it went beyond the physical. She pulled into the drive and stopped, thankful Eva had already left for her bridge game. They walked in silence into the kitchen, Jack on their heels, seemingly ignorant of the violent tangle of emotions ripping through his mistress. They stood by the counter where a note from Eva caught Sam's eye. She picked up, picked it up for something to do. Um, she left food on the stove, so I guess I don't have to cook. She didn't look at Coop, who cleared his throat but didn't comment. The silence became uncomfortable and she groped for words. I practically gave him an engraved invitation so the next move is his. Right? Since playing the saucy seductress wasn't her strong suit, she opted for the straightforward approach. Sam drew in a deep lungful of air and turned to face him. The smoldering glow in those storm cloud eyes derailed her train of thought. But in a flash, the path became clear. She wanted him more than the air she breathed. Her love grew with each rapid beat of her heart. Tomorrow wasn't promised to anyone. There was only now, today, or today, now, this moment in time. Without regret, she yielded to the firestorm of need building from their first glance. One step closed the distance between them. His heart pounded out a staccato beneath her palm resting on his chest. Are you sure about this? 
His words, ground out through slightly parted lips, were gruff and thick with emotion. He stood rigidly in place as she kissed him. I'm sure. Now, there uh, may be encounters afterwards, but the specific details are left to the reader's imagination. They know what happened the first time, so now they just imagine it. Like this for mail order groom. Shall I demonstrate? I'd die a happy man. He didn't die, but he did sleep, eventually. Or this line from Chasing Hope. You think that was something, lady? Just wait. When I began my first book, it started off knowing that it was going to be a romance. But that was it. I didn't really know how involved my characters would be, uh, uh, how they would react to one another as they grew and their PDAs or public displays of affection changed. Each incident or encounter or whatever you want to call it heightened the level of attraction and affection between them until it came time for the big scene. Now, the first love scene I wrote was this. Insert love scene here. No joke. That's what I did because I was very conflicted about how much was too much, how much was just enough. Plus, I had no previous experience with writing love scenes. I've read romance novels all my adult life and they ran the gamut from clean to explicit, but I still wasn't 100% sure where my work would fall. So I wrote insert here and moved on. I can't tell you how many times I wrote and rewrote that scene. The first time was so amateurish, I laughed out loud when I read it. I went back to that scene time and again. I finally got a version I was happy with, though I, I knew it still needed something. I checked with several of my writer friends and found someone who wrote similarly and asked her to read it and provide some feedback. She did, so I rewrote it three times until I was satisfied. In the meantime, I continued to write the story because once they become intimate, things change. Their attitude about each other changes and that affects their interactions, both casual and intimate, and that can and usually does impact how the story unfolds. And it was actually easier to write the morning after part even before I finished the initial love scene because in my mind they'd already done the deed so time to see what direction things went afterwards so it was easy to do that. So here are some suggestions for you for adding heat or steam to your work. Key, know what your comfort level is. If it embarrasses you to write it, maybe you need to rethink it. Know your genre and subgenre and make sure that the level fits within their boundaries. What is your time frame? People today approach lovemaking very differently than people in Victorian or Western times, so make sure that your action fits the times. Will you go traditional publishing or independent? Remember, some publishers have very specific guidelines, and you may find that you have to alter your heat level to meet them. If you're going independent, it doesn't really matter. You can do whatever you want. Don't get hung up on purple prose. Easy to do when you're writing romantic scenes. Trust me on this, I've done it more than once. Uh, educate yourself on how to write a love scene. There are a number of books out there to help, 
Um, find some that address your particular needs and go for it. Now, these are some that I have in my library that I've used on occasion. Um, Kate Walker's 12-point guide to writing romance. Uh, the Everything Guide to Writing Romance Novel by Christy Craig and Faye Hughes. And if you're having trouble coming up with some specific words or phrases, try the Romance Writer's Phrase Book by Jean Kent and Candace Sheldon, or Thinking Like a Romance Writer by Dahlia Evans. Now, you will know when you read some of these phrases that you're going to have to change them up because, frankly, they sound silly and they are full of purple prose. These books, some of these books are older, so, uh, but just know, don't take them verbatim. They're just there to give you some ideas on how to phrase things. Lastly, don't be a copy. Be original. Listen to your inner writer voice. Don't let someone tell you what you must do this or you must do that. Be true to what feels right for you, your characters, and your story. close today's show with the back cover blurb for my new release coming out the end of next month called Unveiling Beulah. It's a Western historical set in East Texas in 1879. She's running from the past. The jagged scar on B. Lockhart's face never let her forget she's damaged goods, unsuited for marriage or society. Hidden in the shadows, she efficiently runs her father's fashionable New York mercantile, making it the place for the social elite to shop. But her soul cries out for more, making her easy prey for a handsome rogue who ultimately destroys her trust. Shattered, she flees to a small town in Texas. He wants a family. Lucian Moreau was raised by his wealthy, unsympathetic grandfather, an educated world traveler. He had everything a man could want, except a family. When his grandfather proposes an arranged marriage between two powerful New York dynasties, Luke agrees, believing the Union will provide what he lacks. Instead, betrayal forces him to see the charade his life has become. Angry and hurt, he leaves everything behind to start over in Texas. Past and present collide. Haunted by deception and a lifetime of loneliness and rejection, these two lost souls find love at last. But when their past and future, past and present, come together, will their love be strong enough to stop the collision from destroying their future? Thanks so much for listening to a Writer's Life podcast today. I do hope you've enjoyed the show, and I greatly appreciate any feedback and support. If you have a topic you want me to talk about, just drop me a comment or email me at DanaWayne423 at gmail.com. And be sure to subscribe so you don't miss future episodes. All of my books are available on Amazon, books to read, and all major online outlets. Hey, and you can also order signed copies as well as other swag through my website, DanaWayne.com forward slash order. I hope you'll follow me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram too. Thanks again for listening. I'll see you next episode.